All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we were supposed to drop them. We told you guys we're coming up next week, but uh, there was just too much juice to uh, let a week slide by. We'd be recording for what feels like five hours next week if we uh, let this one slip away. So here we are with a little special uh, episode number 43. We're going to be going through uh, a little bit of the free agent frenzy here. We're going to go through the free agent recap and we're going to, as we're all teachers, we're going to give the letter grade. We're going to grade how each team did and what each signing was and what we think uh, a little bit of value to each of those uh, signings are. So um, not a regular episode. We're not going to go through the, all the major segments, but we're just going to go through uh, a handful of the signings here just to keep up with the, keep up with the news and, and be able to keep you guys up to date. So before we get going on to that, I'll throw it over to the fellas and see how they're doing over there. We'll, uh, we'll start with uh, Zach. Zach, what's going on? I am living in all my glory right now. This is uh, one of my favorite times of the year. I think I mentioned that last week. Uh, free agency and the draft are two of my favorite parts of the, of the NFL season. Certainly favorite parts of the off season. So I am very much excited. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's nice to finally have something to talk about. And I mean, what it's been maybe a month since the Super Bowl, but it feels like it's significantly longer than that, but I'm just happy. We got a little bit of football action going on here. Uh, Armin, what about you? What's been keeping you busy? Oh, uh, you know, with all this free agent news, trying to keep up, just like Zach said, finally something to talk about. And then we got March Madness coming right up here, man. Like, uh, I'm excited for it. It'll be great. Uh, I'm hoping my, uh, my bracket won't get busted too quickly. And, um, you know, like let's, uh, let's let her rip and watch the madness unfold both free agents wise and, uh, with, uh, college of hoops. Oh yeah. This is by far one of my favorite times of year in a little bit in conjunction with what Zach had to say, but I am a, I'm a big time March Madness fan, like absolutely diehard March Madness. So I'm, uh, I'm super pumped that's here. I'll be glued to the TV, especially as uh, Thursday, Friday games come around. And uh, I think a guy could hold their breath and see how long it takes for their bracket to get bust. I don't think I'm going to even pass out because usually it's by the first or second game. That's for <laughs> sure. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm always glued to the TV. This is the, this is the first year we'll, won't be making a bracket with my, with my students. I always do a class challenge where each class makes their own brackets and have a little competition amongst the classrooms. So it's going to be weird. I'm going to have to just, trust on my own bracket and try and beat all the staff I guess and see how that goes but yeah I'm, uh, I'm super excited March Madness time it's it's uh it's undefeated can't be beat I think so um that being said I think we'll uh we'll get into a little bit of insiders and headliners before we get into the uh the franchise tags and the signings here so uh this is gonna be our brand new drop here for the insiders and headliners so let's get to it I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. I've been playing around with some new drops, and that I think is one of my favorites. Gotta love a Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Ron Burgundy drop. So, insiders and headliners here. Uh, TB12. I mean, uh, was is this a shocker? Maybe this early it's a shocker. Uh, TB12, he's coming back for uh, for season number 23. Zach, I mean, you're a, you're a resident Tom Brady fan, enthusiast. Uh, probably got a few uh, posters up in the, in the closet somewhere in the house. TB12, are you surprised it came this early? Do you think he's coming back, period? What, what's, uh, what are your thoughts? The whole thing was just so uh, like convoluted. Um, the, the retirement being leaked early and then everybody walking it back and then him retiring and, and now like 40 days later, him unretiring. Um, so I don't know what to make of it. I do know the, uh, all the gifts and all the memes were, were out in full force, uh, when he made that announcement. Uh, I think I saw that same, uh, Jordan Bell for, Wolf of Wall Street uh, scene. I'm not like, leaving. Yeah, like a dozen times uh, within like minutes. So a uh, lot of jokes about him, like taking the kids to school one day and being like, oh, 
not not doing this for another year so <laughs> yeah the uh social media was was pretty fun for the for that day and a half or so oh yeah it was it was so funny we we're sitting down for family supper and i was trying to keep up with it on social and stuff like that with there was signings and trades and everything i was trying to keep up with it put the phone away for about an hour to have family supper i come back and my phone is just blown up like what is happening yeah tv12 he'll he'll do that to you between the you know my uh my mother-in-law is who broke the news to me like... Armin, you gotta get on twitter man you gotta get on twitter armin well i was in the middle of supper then she she somehow saw the headline and yeah it was wild i was very curious if it was all of a sudden tom brady's coming to retirement but he's not gonna be a buck you know like maybe he was coming to retirement to sign a one-day contract with new england or something maybe there's some sort of i don't know something that was happening that was not being reported but no i think he'll be back for 23 and well sorry for the guy that paid 500 g's for the last tom brady touchdown ball because uh, that's a real kick in the nuts i think at this point um another big piece for another quarterback deshaun watson uh who sat out the entire well no fault of his own not not his own decision but uh a decision from the organization Deshaun Watson sat out the entire season due to criminal um accusations went to the grand jury and the grand jury found him not uh I guess not guilty of criminal charges that doesn't mean those the other allegations are are dropped or nothing they're still against him but they're civil suits not criminal suits which if, as Deshaun Watson the football player or as a fantasy owner uh, that's good news. That means he will not be seeking jail time or seeing jail time if found guilty of these out accusations. So now with the, with, I guess the criminal matters in the rear view mirror, now teams are starting to uh, stir the pot up a little bit on some trade talks. Uh, obviously a lot of teams had made offers. The original reports was that it was down to just two teams, Carolina and New Orleans, but now within the past little bit of uh, 24 hours, the Browns have started heating up a little bit of trade talks, and now apparently Atlanta could be a dark horse to try and throw out uh, a significant offer to Deshaun Watson. So now, I mean, we're sitting here speculating that's what a lot of the offseason is, but if you had to try and make a guess which of these four teams, maybe not necessarily which team's going to get them, but which of these four teams do you think might be the best fit for Deshaun Watson moving forward here? Start with you, Armand. You know, I, I was kind of looking at it, I, I was thinking Carolina originally here, um, but I'm starting to, to like the idea of the Browns more and more. Um, Baker, they've they've said he's the guy, but there's also been discussions about, well, maybe he's not the guy. Maybe they, they're willing to take a shot on, on a, something if it's going to be uh, a tangible upgrade to, to Mayfield. And Deshaun Watson is definitely an upgrade to to Mayfield and you think about uh, who they have now um, they got uh, Najoku franchise tag they got Amari Cooper um, you put in Peoples Jones their big bodied receiver that's fairly quick to go with Watson as well um, I'm, kind, I'm kind of excited for it actually if he ends up with the Browns that could be one hell of an offense what about you Zach where do you think that perfect landing spot is you know what? I, I don't know. Um, I think, uh, I really don't know if the, if the saints go out and they go, they go and get them like they're already so strapped for cash and they're already so hard up against it. You know, you, you have Watson, but then what else do you have to build around him? Cause you're going to have to give up allegedly these, these two or three first round picks. So now you don't have the assets to build around them necessarily. Um, you know, same kind of goes for Carolina. Um, don't necessarily have a lot of offensive assets. You, know, you have DJ Moore, but that's, that's really it. You have CMC, but he's proven over the last couple of years or he's shown over the last couple of years to not necessarily be as durable as he was early on in his career. Um, well, even and last year, too, when the, the special uh, teams networks Carolina were in the mix, they thought CMC would be in that offer, right? So even if the offseason does show up in Carolina, there's no guarantee that CMC's not going the other way. Right, and that well, might that, go for – That is the buzz right team. now. Oh, sorry. That is the buzz in Carolina that I'm hearing a lot, actually, is, is CMC as a trade chip 
for a few different trades that have kind of come across the table for Tua, for for Watson, and just a few other minor ones as well. And they're not the Browns minor CMC. The Browns wouldn't be bad, like Armin mentioned. Um, and then there's Atlanta. Um, today I've been hearing quite a bit about Atlanta. I've been reading about Atlanta. Atlanta how uh, he grew up as a Atlanta fan. Uh, he was a ball boy for the organization. Um, and then just uh, maybe an hour ago before we started recording, I saw that there's speculation that him, Allen Robinson, and Will Fuller um, might be in cahoots together, and they might all be angling to kind of be like a package, a package deal with the Falcons, a team that I believe has decent cap space, uh, a decimated uh, receiver room and uh, a trade ship in Matt Ryan that might be able to get them, you know, something else on top. Right. So mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count out Atlanta, but you know, I think they might be the, the least realistic option at this point. Yeah. If you look at those two original teams, like Carolina and the saints were the two original if that's the case, man, DJ Moore and Michael Thomas to the absolute moon if, if he signs <laughs> at one of those organizations because they're two guys that are kind of left for dead. Like DJ Moore has the skill capability to be elite, but it's since never had a quarterback to do it. And MT is kind of one of those guys that are coming off the injury and guys kind of forgetting about a little bit, little on the tail end. But everybody forgets he had a, literally a record-breaking year as a wide receiver in 2019 or 2019, 2020. I can't remember which year it was, but regardless, now all of a sudden, if he ends up with uh, – a high caliber elite quarterback it's uh, it could be to the moon for those two with uh, fantasy values so um moving on to one last piece before we get into some of the trades here uh Jarvis Landry who was uh given permission to seek a trade after a trade we'll mention here shortly uh was unable to attain a trade so coming up to before the start of the new season the Cleveland Browns did cut him to be able to save 14.8 million against their cap so now Jarvis Landry is a free agent and uh, has been getting a little bit of buzz around a few teams, uh, especially teams that uh, I think are, are set to make a good run. Uh, so wherever he lands up, I think it could be, uh, I think it could be an interesting situa uh, situation for Jarvis Landry as, uh, as I guess a veteran, uh, veteran receiver that can maybe push one of those teams over the edge. So that's definitely a name that would be worth looking at. But mentioning the trade, uh, Amari Cooper uh, was traded from Dallas to the Browns uh, for a fifth and sixth rounder. Um, I think this is an interesting one because the reports were that they were going to cut him. Uh, they were going to cut Mari Cooper regardless. So for them to be able to get, I guess, some sort of value back for Mari Cooper, it looks kind of ridiculous to trade a high, high caliber, a high talented receiver for a fifth and sixth rounder. But I guess if you were just going to cut him anyways, uh, it's nice to get something back in return. But uh, I know you mentioned this one a little bit already, Armand. Uh, you think uh, you think the Browns made out pretty good with this one, eh? Yeah, I I like it. Um, I like Cooper over Landry, um, for sure. He's I think he's a better talent. He's a little bit more explosive than Landry is. Um, Landry's dependable and everything, but he he's not a a big play, big moment guy. Whereas Cooper is more more of that uh, impact guy. Um, and then you look at uh, they they freed up space by releasing Landry. Um, they. They don't have OBJ anymore to worry about. So Mayfield can go out, he can ball the Cooper. He's got, uh, um, I've talked about Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones. He looks prime for a breakout year. I'm going to probably say his name a bunch this offseason, I think, because I, I like his talent. Not really and, my guy there, hey, Armin? Yeah, already my guy. I like <laughs> his talent. He's got great measurables. He's looked good. He's a fan favorite in, in Cleveland as well. Um, and he's looked good when given the opportunity. So it looks like they're putting their, their, uh, faith in, in him a little bit more. And then don't forget about, uh, last year they drafted Anthony shorts, um, who's a speedster, um, little speedster guy, but, uh, I, I kind of like this receiving core better than, than the receiving core last year. It just, it looks, uh, younger, more explosive to me than, than what OBJ was doing there and what Landry was doing there. Another another trade, another quarterback on the move here. We'll talk about the big trade here in a second, but Carson Wentz uh, was traded from the Indianapolis Colts to the Washington Commanders. Uh, so the Commanders got their quarterback. Uh, Indianapolis is happy to move on. 
what does this uh, outlook maybe change things up a little bit for for Washington now? Um, new quarterback in town. What do you think in there, Zach? Is this uh, is this the perfect fit for Carson Wentz? Is this a, a bridge deal for Washington, maybe, or do you think Washington, uh, after missing on some of the big names, this was their this was their guy they wanted? I don't know if this was the guy they wanted necessarily. Um, in the the days following the trade, um, there were reports, there were rumors that they were right in there with Russell Wilson uh, before he ended up with the Broncos. Um, they offered a really good package is my understanding, multiple first round picks. Um, but the, the Seahawks wanted him out of the NFC if they were moving him. So, uh, he ends up going to the AFC to the Broncos. Um, and then it almost seems like Washington was just panicked. Um, they, they knew they needed another quarterback and, uh, it seems like they, they just made a move to make a move almost. Um, you know, now it's, now it's even more unfortunate that, uh, I guess it's not unfortunate. I shouldn't say that, but, um, now that Deshaun Watson is, you know, criminally he's, you know, free, um, that maybe the commanders would have went after, went after Watson, how they knew that beforehand. So I don't think this is a great fit necessarily, um, three teams in three years, is typically something you see of like a uh it's patrick yeah like a, like a journeyman quarterback a yeah. end of the road running back that's um name recognition more than anything like LaShawn mccoy there at the end um not something you want to see out of your presumptive starter i'm curious on what this is going to come with the fantasy value players you know like a terry mclaurin or a logan thomas because you know it's it's been quite obvious that uh, that he does like targeting a tight end. It was it happened quite quite frequently and rather often in Philadelphia. Uh, it was becoming a trend in Indianapolis. Now is it going to continue on in Washington as well with Logan Thomas, a guy like Terry McLaurin? You know he he had a breakout season with with Pittman last year in Indianapolis. Is he possible to do the same thing with McLaurin, or is it just you know he's just he's just chucking up prayers and and athletic guys are going to come down with the football. I, I don't know what's going to happen here. It's, it's very intriguing. You know, when you get the quarterback change, all of a sudden there's a bit of buzz with some of those assets. And we talk about guys like Terry McLaurin and DJ Moore that have never had a capable quarterback. Well, maybe this is the opportunity where somebody's going to get hyper-targeted. They may not be quality targets, but hyper-targets are still targets nonetheless. So there's, you, we have some time here, obviously, to speculate on this, whether this is a good fit for McLaurin or a bad fit or or is it uh, kind of a mute point at this, at this position, but I'm very curious on what can happen with some of these players. Yeah. Um, I don't, they didn't get a huge upgrade, but it's a, it's a small upgrade. And so you can probably count that into McLaurin and Thomas small upgrade to their stats. Right? I'm just hoping it's it some sort of Michael Pittman magic, something along those lines. <laughs> McLaurin's no scrub by any means, but he's just never had a capable quarterback. And looking back at it, we were excited about Fitzpatrick because he's just going to chuck the ball. Now, I guess it depends on what type of offense Washington is going to want to run. Um, but man, I would just love to see it because I'm a big time McLaurin fan. But um, Zach had hinted at this already. This was the big trade, the blockbuster. It was, it sent social media into an absolute frenzy. Uh, moments after the Broncos seemingly missed out on Aaron Rodgers resigning, uh, they went out and made a huge splash and acquired Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks. So in this trade, Seattle in return received quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, uh, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, uh, two first round picks, two second round picks, as well as a fifth round pick. Um, a, a hefty load to send to, to Seattle, but Denver, we talked about this in what seemed like almost every episode, they have the players to make a run. They were one quarterback away. So they're taking, uh, I guess, a combination approach of just stacking up and make a run. You've seen it be successful from the last couple of teams to make their runs in the Super Bowl and, and take take the Lombardi Trophy home. But is um, with this trade, obviously we could probably take a whole episode talking about what this changes for uh, fantasy value to these players. 
But my question is, is this enough? Do you think that they win the Super Bowl? Do you think the Broncos win the Super Bowl this year? Because that that uh, that division is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I don't even know if they necessarily make the playoffs. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like, yeah, like they're a good team. Don't get me wrong, but you're in the same division as the Kansas City Chiefs and as the Chargers. And the Chargers you know, just got two studs on defense to to keep pace with these two high-flying offenses so like there's no guarantee that you're making the playoffs like it would it wouldn't be a shock if three teams from that division made it out of the AFC but uh two for sure will I think the Chargers might might be my early favorite pick they man they had an absolute heyday in the first little bit of free agency here their path to the playoffs will probably be harder than their path to the Super Bowl if they make the playoffs. <laughs> That's just how how strong that division is, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry, like Vegas, you, you don't stand a chance. We're moving on from you. <laughs> like, we're talking about yeah. Vegas here. Oh, their car runs out probably. Oh, their car going to throw so many picks. It's going to be awful. Oh man, yeah, that trade was just unbelievable. Like you look look at the what that's going to do to Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, you know. Now there's now there's all of a sudden reports that um Denver was looking to bring back Melvin Gordon, but now it's maybe unlikely and then it's or the likelihood of that is diminishing. It might be Javante Williams season all by himself. This offense is primed, primed up to have a good run. So I think it's going to be the conversation for us to have moving forward is which wide receiver you're going to go all in for because the draft capital of them are both going to skyrocket. I'm going to imagine Cortland Sutton's probably going to be somewhere around that fifth round. Uh, Jerry Judy will probably be somewhere around that sixth round, seventh round value, um, give or take around. Obviously, I'm just kind of um, spitballing here. But we're looking at a really, really similar situation what we had with the Rams last year was we knew there was going to be targets, there was going to be value for the wide receivers. Well, which wide receiver did you want to go in on? And some people that guess right, you guess right in a big way. And there are some guys that guessed wrong. And unfortunately, Robert Woods had a subpar season and then followed up with an injury. But uh, I think that's going to be the conversation that's going to come from this is which wide receiver are you going to want to go all in on? And, and I guess at this point right now, just off the top of your head, Armin, who are you taking? Honestly, my two cents on this is we know Wilson can take two valuable fantasy uh, wide receivers so to me it's more who's the odd man out i'm saying odd man out is sutton and then zach who you who who's who's the eggs in your basket relatively similar uh draft capital say i would probably go with you know what i might go with tim patrick off the off the radar there go yeah. tim patrick and he'd have the he'd have the least like he'd have the lowest draft capital. Probably sneak him somewhere in the eighth ninth round. That'd be I like a, that. Zach. That'd be a nice hit. It's a Debo Samuel type hit there in the in the ninth round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with. It's tough to say. I, I, I like Cortland Sutton because he's a bigger body receiver, but Jerry Judy just fits that profile of of the uh, just just an absolute target monster uh, of, of going looking at what Russell Wilson has been able to provide in the past. I just think that Jerry Judy kind of fits that mold a little bit more, but it's tough to say. I have shares in both, so I, I would I'm okay with either or at this point. It was a roller coaster as uh, owner of Denver wide receivers because it was like, oh no, you didn't get Rodgers. I should have traded them ahead of time on the hype, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, now they got Russell Wilson. It's like, oh yeah, we're back on top of the mountain here. Hopefully, we can carry this into uh, to the promised land. But um, franchise tags will go through these, and then we're gonna start giving out some. Uh, then we're going to start giving out some great values for some of the signings for our relatively short and sweet episode. <coughs> Devontae Adams has been franchised tagged by the Green Bay Packers after Aaron Rodgers resigned. He's now reported by saying he will refuse to play on the tag, that he needs to be signed to a long-term deal before the season starts. We'll see what ends up happening there. It's definitely something we're going to have to follow along. Chris Godwin was tagged by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the second year in a row. Mike Gusecki was tagged by Miami and has now signed his franchise tag. I think it's 11.8 million uh, was what the tag ended up being. Uh, David Njoku was tagged by the Cleveland Browns 
and Dalton Schultz was tagged by Dallas. Now we have three tight ends that were tagged. Uh, they carry one of the lowest um, shy of, I think it's the kickers and running backs. I think the running backs and the, and the tight ends carry a very similar franchise tag, but three, t- three tight ends being tagged here. Um, any of these really surprise you, I guess, or, or I guess a lot of these were kind of speculated to begin with when we talked about our, our um, matchmaker episode, but what do you, uh, what do you guys think the takeaway from these franchise tags are? Yeah, I was a little bit surprised. That, oh, yeah. Go ahead, Armin. I was going to say, pray to God that Green Bay uh, does sign Adams to a contract extension or a long-term deal here. Because if he doesn't play, that's a huge hit to Green Bay. Well, it's going to have to be a greasy little deal like they signed with Rodgers, I think. But, Zach, you figured you were a little surprised there? Yeah, I was surprised by uh, Gusecki and, and uh, Najoku. Um, both of those tight ends, uh, I don't think they're you know, top of the market uh, type of players. I think they're both good players, but I think it was just an instance of, you know, Miami had a lot of money. They had to spend it somewhere. Uh, and Njoku, I really don't know what, uh, what Cleveland was going after because it didn't seem like they used them a hell of a lot uh, this season. So They have a lot of two tight end sets like we talked about in the last episode there. They run a d- double tights quite a bit, but now they have three tight ends between uh, Harrison Bryant himself and then obviously Austin Hooper as well, too. So unless, um, I don't know, unless there's something that they're going to be shifting to um, and targeting the tight ends even more or running those double tight sets, maybe for the utilization for blocking, they want to run the volume more than they did in the past. I don't know, but like I agree with you on that one, Zach. That's a bit of a head scratcher. And that was actually the very first franchise take to come out, too. So to see that one come out, all of a sudden I was like, oh, all right, I guess this is where we're going. It's tight end uh, franchise take season, so. Um, going into our signings, uh, we're going to be going through these a little bit, uh, alternate, alternating here and, uh, we'll, we'll toss a re- letter grade at them. Uh, and I'll start it off. We're going to go with the quarterback position first. Uh, Aaron Rodgers staying put, obviously the sag of Aaron Rodgers that seems to never be ending, um, has, he signed a $150.8 million contract over three years. Uh, it is very back end loaded, uh, with a lot of dead cap to, trying to maneuver around their, um, their very interesting uh, cap situation that they put themselves into this offseason. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers staying put. I put this as a B plus. Um, I think that in a situation now with where Green Bay's at, to try and bolster their offense with a lot of stud weapons, I think they're going to be in a bit of a pinch. So as a fantasy owner, I think – you're going to really have Devontae Adams. And after that, you're going to try and sifting through some gold, I think, to try and find maybe that secondary weapon. I think for Aaron Rodgers, it's a, it's a good fit to return there to the weapons that you know you have. And, um, and we obviously, this is a good fit for Devontae Adams. Or it's good for Devontae Adams. It's good for Aaron Jones. It's good for, I'm not even going to say his name, Armin. I'm just going to skip past him, just throw some shade. Uh, but as a, as, a, as a Packers fan, I think this is a good fit. But I think if he would have left someplace else and gone to, i.e. Denver, i.e. Pittsburgh, there's a lot of already established offensive weapons where you could have kind of spread the wealth a little bit and could have been on what I think is going to be a championship team where I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult with the Caps situation there for Green Bay to try and get enough weapons to try and make his way to the Super Bowl. So my opinion, I'm going to give it a B plus. It's not terrible, uh, but there's still going to be a lot of meat on the bone there. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, as we've seen in the past. So B plus it is. Uh, the next one, we got Kirk Cousins signs a one-year extension of 35 million. Uh, what's uh, what letter grade are we giving this one? Um, I'm giving it a B. Um, as much as I hate on Cousins and don't want to see him as a Viking anymore and want to see a new QB in there. Um, there wasn't a lot of options to fix it immediately here. And there wasn't anything really better that they could get out there unless they're going to trade for Watson all of a sudden. Um, so um, B, because you, you got what you needed to do, but uh, it wasn't spectacular by any, any stretch of the imagination. All right. Our next one is Mitchell Trubisky signing with Pittsburgh for a two-year stint. 
Uh, Zach, what are you giving this one? I, I actually really like this, uh, this deal for, for both sides. Uh, I like it so much that I gave it an A. Um, so that it's a two-year deal for 14 and a quarter million dollars that can go up to $27 million uh, if he hits all of the incentives is what uh, CBS says. Um, and I, I think that's good value. Uh, for a starting quarterback in today's NFL. Um, now, I like this deal a lot for Pittsburgh because you you can't really go wrong, I don't think. Um, on the one hand, Trubisky plays really well. He played like he did his sophomore year in Chicago. And he is anywhere from like a 20th, to a 15th best quarterback in the league. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of what you expect out of Trubisky at, that, at this point in his career. Um, on the other hand, if the Steelers fall in love with a, a quarterback in the draft, uh, you know, in the next month, and they pick him, whether it be like a Howell or a Pickett or maybe a Willis, um, and they're not ready, they go from day one, you have Trubisky to start for a few weeks until that rookie is ready. Worst thing that could happen for Pittsburgh is they don't draft a young guy and Trubisky sucks. Well, what does that net you? That nets you a, <laughs> an early pick next year in a QB class that is supposedly considerably stronger than this year's class. I think this was a really good deal for the team. And this was probably one of the few spots that would give Trubisky a, a legit start or a legit shot at starting. So I like it a lot for both sides. The other reason it deserves an A is because uh, it gave me a, a tick in the, in the right column in the matchmaker there too. So thanks Trubisky <laughs> for hooking the boys up on that one. I listened to a few podcasts after and they're like, Oh, you know, I never even saw this one coming. I think this was a surprise. Everybody had him locked to the giants. It's like, yeah, listen to our podcast. <laughs> Suck it. I was right on that one. <laughs> I don't think I was right on any other one so far, but I got to take the victory lap on that one. And oh, it's, man. you know, it's like you said, Zach, it's a, it's, it's a win-win. There's no way you lose as fantasy analysts. We hope that, uh, that they hit in a big way and all of a sudden guys like Claypool Johnson and Najee can, can carry the load and continue and Pittsburgh's happy, but uh, even worst case, you get an early round pick. It doesn't get much better than that. Um, the next one, we have Tyrod Taylor. This one just happened. just not long ago. Uh, signs with the New York giants for 11 million, uh, 8.5 million guaranteed over the next two years. I guess one, an a minus, um, Tyrod Taylor has been bounced around from place to place, but this is a situation where you're getting, you're getting paid pretty decent money, uh, 11 million. And I think it's upwards to 17 million, I think is what ended up being off after incentives. Uh, and he's going to compete for a starting job. Uh, the giants are already gone out and said that they're not happy with Jones's production. Uh, they were linked to Trubisky, like we just had mentioned. And now Tyrod Taylor is getting a spot where he can compete to be the starting quarterback. And if he starts and he ends up becoming the starting quarterback, then, hey, good for you. You're starting quarterback in the NFL again. He's, he's had a, an absolute string of terrible luck, unfortunately, for Tyrod Taylor to keep losing starting positions. Um, but even if he isn't a starter and he's the backup, you're getting paid uh, $11 million to be a backup quarterback. So I think for Tyrod Taylor, a guy that's had unfortunate uh, luck, this is an opportunity where you can go in and you are going to be in a true battle for a starting position uh, and if he ends up kind of getting that position, then good for you, Tyrod Taylor. What that means for fantasy perspective, eh, we'll see. Uh, Tyrod has been able to produce for fantasy owners as a late round quarterback with, with his legs, but um, it's very seldom that we've seen him be able to support uh, a cast around him, i.e. guys like Galladay or, or Slayton or those types of wide receivers. So we'll, we'll see what happens there for, our, for fantasy perspective. But for Tyrod Taylor, good for you getting a little bit of money here and going to be able to compete to be a starting quarterback once again in the NFL. Oh, man, I sure hope he gets it. But um, if he does end up the starter in New York, as fantasy owners, everyone needs to invest in whoever gets drafted as the QB next by the Giants because uh, the, the track record is 100% so far for Taylor uh, replacement. So. <laughs> 
that's just good that's just good work right there <laughs> that's good analytical <laughs> work um switching to the wide receiver positions uh, i'll take the first one here as well uh wide receivers uh mike williams he was one of the first ones to sign the deal and he ends up resigning with the chargers for 60 million over three years and i gave this one an a plus and because it doesn't get much better for Mike Williams as the player, and it doesn't get much better for us as fantasy owners of Mike Williams. The only thing I think that maybe would have sucked is if you were um, stockpiling some of the secondary and tertiary weapons in uh, Los Angeles, hoping he leaves and you're trying to kind of hit some gold. But as Mike Williams, if you would have left somewhere, there's no guarantee would have got better. You don't know the system. You got to get established and you have to, re you have to be able to connect with the quarterback. Now, there was rumors that he was going to franchise tag, so he wouldn't have got the deal he did. But $60 million over three years after this big year he had, good for you. You got the bag. You got paid good money. Mike Williams is happy. And, as a, and you are also a key contributor to one of the best offenses in the NFL, connected to one of the, the strongest young quarterbacks the NFL has to produce. So it doesn't get much better. You got paid, the, you got paid a lot of money. You're connected to a good offense, and us as fantasy um, fantasy owners, we know what we're getting, and that's Mike Williams connected to a strong offense, so it doesn't get much better than that. I'm giving that one an A+. Plus. Ooh. Maybe I grade right. easy. Who knows? Maybe, maybe you're going <laughs> to test that one or not. I don't know. Um, the next one here we have is Michael Gallup, and Michael Gallup coming off of his injury, uh, but he still received a nice little payday from the Dallas Cowboys to re-sign for $62.5 million over a five-year deal. Now, uh, what are we giving this one here, uh, Armand? Uh, we're giving it an A. Um, after, sorry, excuse me, after trading away uh, Mari Cooper there, um, don't, uh, don't be thinking that Gallup is the guy now, right? Because there's a young guy that happens to go by the name of C.D. Lamb that uh, is going to be the new number one dog in town. Um, and kind of already is right so um, expect, expect Gallup to continue on doing what he's been doing his whole career so far and he got a paid accordingly and he got a long-term deal um, good for Dallas because they get a nice quality number two receiver uh, um, for a little below market value I think but Gallup he gets the, he gets the money and he gets a long-term security of five years so um, good signing for both teams, I think. Right, Next one on the docket here was a massive, massive payday. And uh, and Zach's going to take care of this one. It's Christian Kirk signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. $72 million over a four-year stint. I think, if, it, if I remember correctly, it could be upwards to $84 million throughout the four years. But, uh, Zach, what do you think of this Christian Kirk signing? So, this is a really interesting signing, I think, on a number of fronts. Uh, historically, there have been very few receivers that have hit the open market that have cashed in to this level that have paid off for their new team. Uh, historically speaking, teams typically don't let these types of uh, difference-making receivers hit the market. Um, I think the Jaguars and uh, I think Trent Balky is their GM, paid Kirk like a alpha number one receiver. Um, but just because you pay them to be that doesn't mean they're going to be that. Um, I And I'm somebody that really likes Christian Kirk. I loved him in Arizona. Um, I was looking at him getting a deal more in the ballpark of maybe a Michael Gallup. Um, and now Kirk's contract makes Gallup's contract look like a huge deal, like a really good deal <laughs> for the Cowboys. Um, Kirk, over the past three years, hasn't finished better than a just outside uh, wide receiver two. Um, this year was his best finish uh, at wide receiver 26. And he's never eclipsed uh, 850 receiving yards. Um, I do think he is somebody that in a like a premier spot as a number one target could surpass those numbers, but I don't think he's top five receiver money uh, worthy. It's almost as if uh, the GM there in 
in Jacksonville went full like Leroy Jenkins and just <laughs> went crazy. Oh man, what a good reference! They had oh. money to spend and they spent it in a big way. Exactly. So, so I, that's a that's a C for me there. I think you're grading too nicely there, Zach. Like, well, that one's like a D or F in my books. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's it's not like they signed like like a scrub, right? Like, I think. Zay Jones is probably a more egregious signing. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll, we'll get to that one here shortly. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, I'll take care of the next one here. And you know what? I love this deal. It was as close to an A plus, I think, in my opinion, uh, DJ Chark signed with the Detroit Lions this morning for 10 million over one year deal. Now DJ Chark was a name that was linked to a lot of teams and um, it was kind of speculated that he could end up going to some major contenders. A guy coming off an injury the year before that was a pro bowler. Now, what do we know? What do we think of DJ Chark? Now, for the Lions to be able to get him on a one-year deal, $10 million, this was a great fit for both players. DJ Chark is on a one-year prove-it deal, and on that one-year prove-it deal, he's on a team that needs wide receiver help and can be showcased as the guy. Now, I know we're coming off on a Monroe-St. Brown huge season, but Monroe's not going to carry the load. Hawkins is going to come in. I think, actually, to be honest, the signing is going to help Hawkins in a lot. It's going to create a lot of open space for him. Now, I'll save that for another day. But this Chark signing is perfect for not only him and the organization. If he balls out early in the season, give the man a contract, lock him down long-term, and you've got your guy. If he stinks and he's terrible, you've got a one-year prove-it deal, and you're in a rebuild anyways, who cares? You move on from him, and then you sign a big name in free agency, or you can go and target some guys in the draft. Now, by them picking up this one-year prove-it deal on a very young, potentially pretty talented wide receiver, it allows them to use their draft capital in this upcoming draft to be able to re-bolster up their really weak defense. Uh, so in a, in a draft where defensive players are very strong, um, they're going to use a lot of the draft capital this year to rebuild that and then hopefully hit on a one-year deal. So I think this was a great signing for not only Chark and a great signing for the organization as well. Uh, I'm going to give this one an A because I think it benefits both of them significantly. Uh, next signing we have is Cedric Wilson signing with Miami Dolphins for $22.8 million with 12.75 million guaranteed over a three-year stint. Now, uh, Zach, you got this one. I, I like this one a lot for, uh, well, for both the, the player and the team. Um, Cedric Wilson gets a nice raise um, after sitting in the waiting in Dallas. Um, and for Miami, they get themselves a receiver that was uh, – like top 10 in the league as far as the pardon me the uh yard receiving yards per target um he averaged 9.9 .9 receiving yards per target this year and to me that means he was quite efficient uh when he was targeted um and the way this contract is structured mm -hmm. um i think in a year in a year's time we might be looking back and saying this might've been one of the best value signings um, in the entire free agency period this year. Um, this might be something along the lines of like a Kendrick Bourne signing where, where last year it wasn't a, a premier signing, something that really moved the needle, but you know, a year later, it's, it's a really economical deal for the team and Wilson put up career numbers just like Bourne put up career numbers. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you big time there. That was yeah, one was some people were like, oh, this is, this is a bad deal. Why would you want to go to Miami? There's lots of wide receivers. I think this was a great fit for them. And I think it opens up some doors for Dallas. So I think as fantasy owners of, of Miami players and Dallas, or I guess Cedric Wilson and Dallas players, I think this was a, was a good deal for fantasy owners. Uh, I got the next one here, Braxton Berrios re-signing and staying with the Jets. I, I had expected that maybe he would depart, and that was what we talked about in the matchmaker, but he ends up staying put for $12 million, uh, seven of it guaranteed over two years. And I'll give this one a B. Um, I think Braxton Berrios is a sneaky player. He helps the organization, and he helps the offense, uh, as I talked about as a gadgetry player, kick returner, and as a um, he was a focal point 
to that offense when players were injured. Um, so he got paid 12 million over two years. I think good for him to make some money here. And he's also a player that I have on my radar as a late round, kind of a dart throw type player, just because he's involved in the offense so much, especially in those specialty leagues where kick return and punt returners get points because he does get touches in the backfield. He gets those jets. He gets those quick touches. And he was also spotted in the red zone quite a bit. Uh, I did a little bit of analytical work on amount of players that got touches per snaps. And, uh, and he was ranked one of the higher players this off season or this, this past season. That part of that being because of the injuries I mentioned, but for him to be that high in the statistical ana analysis isn't just a fluke either. Um, it's partially to do with because he's a gadget player and the ball's in his hands quite often. So as a late round dart throw type guy, I am happy about that. I think it's a B, um, maybe uh, closer to a C just because it doesn't have a huge fantasy implication, uh, but I think it's important for the organization. So Braxton Barrow staying put with the Jets. Uh, the next one, Zach, you got this one as well. And then Armin finishes out the wide receivers with the last two. Uh, we have Isaiah McKenzie resigning with Buffalo uh, for a two-year stint of $8 million. Uh, what do you think of this one there, Zach? I, I like the potential that it offers for the team. Um, as it is right now, I don't expect uh, Sanders or Beasley to be back in Buffalo. And that leaves that receiving room, you know, fairly empty with the likes of Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Jake Kumaro returning. Um, in his limited snaps last season, McKenzie showed that he could certainly break a game open like he did against the Patriots on Boxing Day, I want to say. Yep. Um, so given the opportunity, an increased workload, not saying he's going to be putting up those types of numbers every week, but he could be in a similar role to somebody that you just mentioned, like a, a Braxton Berrios, where you're getting snaps out of the backfield, maybe you're getting uh, a few screens, you're getting some jets. Um, I think when he has the ball in his hands, that's the best way for him to impact the game. He's not somebody that's going to impact the game downfield, but getting the ball into his hands quickly and making plays uh, that way is how he's going to potentially impact the team. And even if they go out and they acquire somebody, whether it's in free agency or in the draft, two years, $8 million, that's a really good price to pay for an explosive backup. Uh, uh, Armin, Zay Jones, we hinted at this one already a little bit. Zay Jones uh, is also another addition for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Three-year, $24 million. Uh, Zay Jones, the man that everybody kind of forgot about until he jumped on the scene a little bit with Vegas late in the season. Uh, what do you think of this deal there, uh, Armand? Um, you know, I actually like it better than the, the Kirk deal because I don't think he was as grotesquely overpaid as Kirk. But you look at who all Jacksonville signing here, they're just, it seems, throwing um, poop against the wall and hoping something sticks here with how many receivers they, uh, they've signed or receiving players they've signed. Um, but Zay Jones, he, he doesn't move the needle a whole bunch. He, he's probably getting overpaid. Like he should probably be getting a little less than hit that, but uh, at least it's not a massive cap hit where you're really handcuffing yourself down the future with it. Um, so, you know, if it ends up working out and Zay Jones ends up being a, a great number two guy in Jacksonville or explodes in Jacksonville, awesome. And he continues on with what he was doing at the end of the season last year. But if he ends up being Zay Jones from um, the beginning of the season or the last few years, um, at least they didn't uh, invest too much in him. Spending money like they nobody's business. Still invested too money. much. And you spend it on those types of people. My goodness. <laughs> uh, Russell Gage, our final wide receiver here. We got Russell Gage just signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, early this afternoon. Uh, you got this one as well, Armin. What do you think of that one? Do we have the numbers for this one yet? First off, I think I saw somewhere that it was three for 30. Okay. Um, you know, I gave it a D. It's virgin on F for me. Um, he had a lot of hype coming into this season. He got the opportunity to be the guy in Atlanta this year, and he just 
he kind of fell flat. Like he didn't show a ton that said, this is a amazing receiver who deserves to be a wide receiver one in the NFL. Um, now he's, he is going to be a depth guy for Tampa Bay. And that's, that's, I guess, good for Tampa Bay to have kind of a bit more receivers, especially with the injury problems they had this last year with the receivers. But, uh, um, he, he's behind Mike Evans and, and Godwin yet, um, Gronk is going to be back, I think, still, right, boys, as far as we know? Yeah, there's there's speculating, but there's nothing confirmed yet. Okay, and so he's he's not going to move the needle a whole bunch. He's just kind of another receiver to sign another receiver. Um, I don't think he he's uh, that great yet. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a ton of early season um, potential, especially if uh, if Godwin doesn't get back in time and he's gonna miss some time. And know what? Obviously, tearing your ACL in December, his timeline is a little bit different. So he might be one of those guys, especially in a redraft league. There's the values with redraft a lot more than dynasty, maybe because if uh, he might have that week week one through six huge production, and then you can dish him out for a guy like uh, an underproducing maybe DJ Moore or or somebody that has some more long-term value in redraft because you know he's going to get some touches if he's uh, if he's the number two guy next to Evans in a Tom Brady offense. So he's going to have some early season value, but that value might, might is going to probably dwindle pretty pretty quick as the season progresses. I I actually like this uh, this deal. Um, looking at uh, the stats for Antonio Brown, and obviously it's not apples to apples here, but in seven games this year, Brown had 62 targets for 42 receptions. And in eight games last year, uh, Brown had 62 receptions for 45, sorry, 62 targets for 45 receptions. Um, that is an offense where there is meat on the bone, I think, for that number three receiver. Um, I think it'll just be a matter of Gage getting chemistry, getting that trust from Brady. And like you said, Jordan, uh, it'll be even more important to start the year when uh, Godwin is uh, on IR and then working his way back into game shape. Running backs. We, uh, we didn't have the big names go. We had a couple of them right off the hop, and there's still some big names still out there that are floating around. Um, but the first one we had was Chase Edmonds, and then James Conner followed right after. I'll take care of the Chase Edmonds one first. And uh, he ends up signing a deal with the Miami Dolphins, a two-year deal worth $12.6 million and $6.1 million guaranteed. Um, this was a pretty cost-efficient sign, I think, for uh, Miami. But it was a bit of a head-scratcher when they have a very comparable back in Miles Gaskins in consideration to Chase Edmonds. I see them as very similar profile-type backs. Uh, Miami was a team that I thought was going to go out and get a real bruiser, a thumper, or a goal-line-type guy, uh, the, i.e. James Conner-type back. Uh, so for Miami to go after Chase Edmonds was a bit of a head scratcher. So I give it a C plus because now you're sitting there as a fantasy owner and you're saying, well, what the heck do I do here? Uh, Chase Edmonds is probably going to still get that th third down work that he got in the past uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. But now you're sitting there with, well, does he get the goal line work? Probably not. Uh, is he going to get the first and second down work? We really don't know. Um, so you're still sitting there with a dilemma that is probably going to be a shared backfield and they still might address their goal line situations with another back. So we're sitting here not knowing exactly what we have with Chase Edmonds. Um, so I think it does have potential, but um, I don't know if it's exactly the premier landing spot we are all hoping for. So I'll, I'll give this one a C plus. Now, I mentioned this already, James Conner. As soon as Edmonds signed, Conner signed relatively bang, bang right after. But Conner re-signs with Arizona for $25.5 million. 13.5 uh, million of that is guaranteed over three-year stint. And uh, Armand, you're taking care of this one. All right. Um, James Conner, I, I like this a lot, actually. He looked really good in Arizona. He was um, back to James Conner in Pittsburgh a few years ago here. Um, I gave it an A+. Plus. Um, he's got 13.5 mil guaranteed over three years. 25.5 mil. That's not a huge um, yearly cap hit um, for, a, for a guy who who has shown that he, he's a really reliable running back when, when he's fully healthy um, and can do it all. And 
Um, if he produces at at his best, his his ceiling is is really high, and he could have a a Pro Bowl like season with Arizona this year. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I think I'm going to try and shop for him on Dynasty if I can get him. Going back to back here, Armin, you got another one, JD McKissick. This one happened as well this afternoon uh, in Buffalo, or he signs with Buffalo. Sorry, leaving Washington. Uh, seven million dollar deal over a two year stint. Uh, what do you think of that one? Yeah, I think uh, this one is a, a B in mutt, but uh, um, they they didn't get the worst player, but they didn't get the best player. Um, JD McKissick might be the best back in uh, Buffalo now, though. It's the sad <laughs> truth about it, but uh, um, at least he's a guy that is really good in uh, in the passing downs and can uh, move around when when um, the proverbial shit hits a fan. Um, so um, he'll be a good fit with Allen, I think. And I, it's a good deal, um, but he's not going to be like a pro bowl or something this year just because he's with Buffalo. But uh, he, he'll get the job done, and he might be the best back in Buffalo unless they get someone in the draft or find another guy in free agency or trade. I think the best part of that deal was him leaving Washington. I think this makes things a little bit more interesting for Gibson, whether they maybe pick somebody else up in free agency or they draft somebody or it's just Gibson's backfield. Um, I, I think maybe they'll pick up an old veteran to be able to maybe help carry the load. Who knows? But um, it, it makes things a little bit more interesting for Washington, maybe in those Gibson troopers. You know, we had a very tough year this last little bit. Gibson uh, losing a lot of touches to McKissick and then obviously dealing with his own injuries as well. Um, kind of maybe left Gibson owners a little bit uh, a little bit uh, frustrated, I would say. But now with the speculation between now and the draft, I think that's the guy that's got the most to lose going into the draft because uh, right now it's it's his backfield and he's he's there to carry the load. So we'll see what ends up happening. I think that's the best part of that whole McKissick uh, situation right there. Yeah, that might be. Um, Zach, if you ever want to move Gibby there, um, I'll, I'll uh, take him off your hands. Same team, same team you're blowing it up in. <laughs> <laughs> uh last running back here and uh, you got this one zach oh we have james white resigning with new england on a five million uh, dollar deal over two years uh helping out uh your pats there what do you think of that one uh this one falls underneath the category of you love to see it um james <laughs> white is is somebody that uh as a pats fan i i have loved to cheer for um He's somebody that over the past couple of years has had like terrible, terrible luck. Um, I believe his father passed away two years ago in a tragic car accident. Um, this past year, he played in only two games before uh, going on IR with a hip injury. Um, so I'm just happy to see him get this opportunity to come back uh, to New England. Um, as far as his play goes, um, it's been well noted on this podcast that uh, my disdain for Brandon Bolden. Um, so this is an opportunity for the Pats to stop having to play Brandon Bolden so much. Uh, James White will go back to his uh, presumptive uh, third down role, his pass catching role. Um, before the injury in week three, he had 12 receptions. Um, that's huge for a running back. That's quite a bit for any player. Um, it just goes to show um, how much New England relies on them for those easy, simple checkdowns. So I think this one won't necessarily move the fantasy needle, but it will warm your heart. So A plus for James White. For, for all the Pats fans out there. Yeah. I'm going to call this next round of tight ends called speed round because somehow we ended up going longer than we anticipated. But uh, speed round, we got Zach Ertz. Uh, resigning in Arizona. The speculation was this was going to make him one of the highest paid tight ends. And uh, man, did they give him a lot of money. I declare bankruptcy! $31.65 million over three years with 17.5 of it guaranteed. Zach Ertz is old and he is broken down. He ended up putting up a lot of numbers later in the year because uh, Arizona loves to showcase that uh, tight end profile but this is a big amount of money to give to a guy that is on his way out of the NFL in my opinion uh, he's going to have relevance as a tight end type streamer I think he's going to be highly drafted because of this deal 
and he's going to be off my board. And that's a lot of money for Arizona to throw up there, especially when you're looking at this is the type of deal that a lot of these wide receivers were getting, this $31 million over three years. That's pretty comparable to a lot of wide receivers, especially when you look at like a DJ Chark getting a $10 million over one year. It's pretty comparable if you spread that money over a three-year time. So to be able to give that money to Zach Ertz, who is on his out, I would say, I gave it a B because he's staying put. And as a fantasy owner, I like to see that he's staying there where he had success in Arizona. So it's a B as a fantasy owner. But as Arizona Cardinals, this was a bit of a head scratcher for me. So I don't quite uh, I don't quite know what Arizona was doing. I think if he had the funds, maybe it would have been better allocated someplace else. But here we are. Uh, Zach Ertz is staying put. Uh, Will Disley re-signing with Seattle, $24 million over three years. Armand, giver. You know what's incredible? He got paid the same amount as Zay Jones. So I'm giving this one an F because really, like, Disley hasn't done much over the last two years. They just got Noah Fant, who is a way better tight end than than Disley in my books, and, and they got – um Everett there as well that they picked up last year um so he's the third tight end on the depth chart here and he just he's 24 mil for three years that that one's a head scratcher to me more of a head scratcher than Zach Ertz real head scratcher here uh as we're recording this there is a really good chance that Baker Mayfield may be traded um Zach actually just side texted in our group chat um, you guys got to go look at this uh, farewell letter that Baker Mayfield's put out uh, as we're recording here. I, I can't multitask, read and write at the same time. I'm not that smart. But, um, obviously, we've talked about the connection with the Browns possibly going after Watson here. Now, with him going out and putting this farewell letter, the likelihood of them going out and getting Watson in this deal is, is pretty high. So that's something that by the time this podcast drops, as we're concluding here with our tight ends, it could happen. So uh, I'm not going to say breaking news because it's not official yet, but uh, that's something to definitely keep our eyes peeled out for here in the next uh, couple minutes. Uh, Moali Cox re-signing with Indy. Indy, this was a guy, a name I threw out there that I was really hoping was going to re-sign. 18 million over three-year term. Uh, Zach, you're, you're taking care of this one. Yeah, this one's just kind of like a like a shrugging emoji, kind of like a, a Joey Bosa <laughs> shrug. I don't know what to make of it. Like they they lost uh, Jack Doyle, um, so there there's more uh, tight end targets potentially uh, going around in Indy. Uh, question is, who's going to get him the ball? Is it going to be Garoppolo, Sam Ellinger, uh, somebody in the draft? Yeah, it could be Mayfield. Uh, I, I did read before we started recording that uh, that would be his preferred destination, actually, uh, Indy, whether he goes to Houston or they get Watson and then they flip him to um, uh, Cleveland, that is, flips him to Indy, something along those lines. I don't know. But uh, that's, that's decent money, uh, you know, six mil per year for, for a starting tight end. Um, he's always had the allure of, you know, former basketball player, college basketball player. He just has to figure it out. He has to put it all together. Well, there's not many more players in the NFL that I can say this about, but he's older than I am. So, uh, I don't think he's got many more years to figure this thing out. So he is a monster too. It just, Oh man, I want it to hit so bad. And like, maybe this year, maybe this this is it this year. Who knows? But uh, I, I think there's other tight ends out there that would have made a bigger splash in, in Indy for a comparable contract. So don't hate it. Don't love it. Give it a C. It's an impartial. Two tight ends remaining here. Zach, you got this one. Armin, you got the latter. Evan Ingram signing with Jacksonville. Jacksonville throwing that money around. $9 million over one year term for Evan Ingram. What's your thoughts on that one, Zach? Do you have the sound clip of uh, Kevin Malone spilling the chili? I do not, but I because that's what that this one is in stock. <laughs> that's what this is. This is uh, everybody's going to get to know each other in the pot. <laughs> yeah, but I do best. Uh, I, I don't like this one very much. Um, I think they had a nice thing going there um, with O'Shaughnessy and Dan and and Dan Arnold exactly. So. I think this is 
I don't know, very confusing to me. Um, I don't like it for the team or the player, especially if the player was hoping to use this one-year deal to spring springboard himself into a more lucrative contract in the future. So I don't like it. Uh, and last one here, Armand, you got uh, CJ Uzama signing a three-year deal to go to the Big Apple, the New York Jets, uh, for $24 million. Final tight end here. Uh, and our final signing here as we're recording. What do you think of that one there, Armand? Again, exact same amount of money as Zay Jones, um, except I think CJ Uzama might make a bigger impact than Zay Jones. So um, I'm giving it a B. Um, he's a good player. He's a good tight end. Um, he competes. He's not the top tight end in the league. Let's not uh, kid ourselves here, but uh, he'll be a nice little little piece for the Jets going forward who, um, as far as I know, don't have anything in their tight end room that is remotely as good as Uzama. So it's a big upgrade at that position for them. Um, maybe a little overpaid, but at least they got uh, a guy who can help in the run game and which is what uh, the Jets really want to get established based on uh, their scheme and everything. And then another dependable target for uh, their young QB there. Yeah, absolutely. And he's, he's a locker room guy. He's an emotional guy. You know, he's, he's, he's goes outside the game of football, I think in that signing too. So hopefully, hopefully helps out that uh, organization and, and a young quarterback. This, this signing could turn into an, an A plus by the end of the, the season, right. Or even mid season. Um, but uh, as of right now, as far as we know for information stays a B, but yeah, definitely could be, he could definitely be worth his weight in gold maybe opening the door for a Drew sample season in Cincinnati too, but we'll have to wait and see about that one. Um, anything else here to add, fellas? I know we wanted to just kind of give some news and a, and a recap of where we were at here so we can focus on a little bit of fun stuff on our next episode. But uh, we had a ton of signings and they, they came fast and fierce and tried to keep up with us as much as I could on social media. And it was, uh, it was a whirlwind trying to post as much as we did there in that short span. But I think, uh, I think that's going to do it for our episode number 43 here. Uh, we're, we're happy we could do this one. We were planning on it, but, uh, we wanted to throw it out there for you guys. And we just, we just couldn't help, but, uh, throw out some more, more content and a couple episodes here and there. So, uh, thanks for listening to episode number 43. Um, we'll, we'll be out there with a little bit more game show fun stuff here on the next episode and, uh, take care everybody on behalf of, uh, Armin, Zach and myself and the 306 fantasy football clan. Thanks for listening. Take care everybody and talk soon.